Welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Morning church, how are we? I'm aware we're uh, going a bit over time today at the moment, so I'll try and keep it short for you. Uh, as promised from last week, we're looking at the IM phone. This is the IM phone 2.0 for those of you who weren't here last week. There's an opportunity to go back and listen to the podcast or watch the uh, sermon on YouTube. If you want to check out the podcast, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can check it out, the Centre Dural. But today, as I mentioned, we're going to be looking at the IM phone 2.0. Last week, we looked at this idea of how can we, with the phones and technology that we already have, start to adjust them and start to use them in a smart way to ensure that they are tending our garden, to make sure that the spiritual practices that we're using on them are spiritually helpful and healthy. Um, So it's something that we're going to be looking at. Last week, uh, for those of you who were here, we looked at this idea that our phones could almost be compared to the Ark of the Covenant in the way that in the Old Testament, the Israelites were carrying this Ark of the Covenant around in the wilderness and it had three really precious objects in it. Uh, Does anyone remember what the two objects were that we covered last week? The staff, yeah, the staff of Aaron, which had budded. Thanks, Morris. So that was to remind us of our priestly duty, that we now all, under a new covenant, belong to the tribe of Levi, the priests. We are all a priestly kinghood. Um, And we are supposed to then take that responsibility on, to be continuing to invest in prayer and spiritual discipline. Who remembers the other item that was in the ark? The jar of manna, awesome. And obviously this was a gold jar of manna, which they were using to remind them of God's providence, God's history, and his continued power and love for them. And today we're going to go into the third object that was in the ark. Who knows what that is? The Ten Commandments. I feel like that's probably the easiest one of the three. Um, But it is obviously so important because these Ten Commandments represent the very word of God. And that's obviously a super important thing. Um, As M just read Hebrews 4.12, we might not read it again because we just read it, but this idea that God's word is a mighty, sharp, almost deadly sword is not just in Hebrews. We see it in Ephesians, we see it in Isaiah, we see it in 2 Thessalonians, we see it even in Revelation. This idea, it's a bit more poetic in Revelation that there's this sword that's coming out of Jesus's mouth. His very word is sharp and powerful. Now, I don't know how many medieval fairs you've been to recently, but the image of a sword for me feels a little distant, right? Am I the only one? Like, a sword? Like this feels a little bit maybe out of our era, out of our time, out of our period that we're living in. 
And I think that ultimately, when I think of a sword, like if I saw somebody sort of wildly waving a sword around, I'd be like, oh, I might just give that person a wide berth and kind of leave them alone, right? And I think that can kind of make the vision and the imagery that we have for the, war the word here a little impotent. <laughs> it can kind of start to undermine this powerful imagery that we've had in the Bible. So I want to kind of maybe contemporize this passage a little bit. This is the Murray Lambert paraphrase. The word of God is alive and active, more powerful than any military-grade rifle. It will shoot through your heart and blast out the back of your ribcage. It has laser point accuracy, able to, at the touch of a trigger, blow your brains out over the wall. Are you, are you feeling that, that visceral energy, though? Because this is actually the kind of imagery that they were trying to get across. Swords were deadly weapons that cut off heads. Swords were deadly weapons that gouged out guts. Swords were the, the, the weapon that people used in war, in bloody, gruesome, visceral war. This is the sort of power and imagery of the Word of God. It's not just something to take lightly. It's something that has fearsome power to it. Something that we should take deadly seriously. Something that's going to protect us and defend us. And ultimately, it's going to be our only weapon in spiritual warfare. Because spiritual warfare, if we're Christian, if we believe what's in the Word of God, is something to take very seriously. It's not something that has an impotent power to it. It's something which is very real and something that we, as Christians, are engaging in today. I want to tell you a quick story, and it's going to freak some of you out, but I think it's important, and I think it's helpful for us understanding spiritual warfare today. I was at North Kellyville Square a few weeks ago, and I was ordering some coffee, and I was kind of waiting for my order, and there was a little kid at a table just across from me, and he was, he was staring at me, like unblinkedly, like glaring at me, head tilted down, just glaring at me. I was like, what's this kid's deal? So I'm like, hey, mate, how's it going? And I swear to you, church, he comes up to me and he holds his hand out like this at me. And he goes, I will eat your soul. I will destroy your family and eat your heart. <sighs> okay. <laughs> He goes back to his table and he starts playing with sugar packets and he looks at me with a grin, ear to ear, just a normal kid. I go, where did that come from? <laughs> like I say that to him, I'm like, w were you quoting something? Where did that come from? It's just my brain. <laughs> okay. Now, I would love to tell you right now that, you know, I was just a full spirit warrior and like exercised a demon out of that kid, but I am embarrassed to confess to you this morning, church, that I balked. I was tongue-tied, I was scared, I was overwhelmed, and I just kind of grabbed my coffees and went. Now, I've gotten prayer over that, obviously, after the fact, because I believe that spiritual warfare is very real and it's something that we should be engaging in and it's something we need to be aware of. And it's fine because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen. I have nothing to fear. But this is very, very real spiritual warfare that we're engaging in.
And this is the sort of seriousness that we need to be taking our spiritual disciplines. And that's why it's so important when I'm talking about ways that we can use this tool that we carry around every single day. It's not just some fun little top five tips. It's another way to ensure that we are sharpening the sword of the word daily in our spiritual warfare. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Maybe I wasn't as alert and sober-minded that day because it was a Saturday. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't sharp. I wasn't on it that day. I didn't immediately have a word of God to speak over that situation. And I was, I was completely powerless in that moment against spiritual warfare. Because I wasn't armed with the sword of the word of God. But we see that there is power in the name of Jesus. In Luke 10, 17 to 20, he sends out these 72 disciples and they return with joy and say, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus replies, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Do you believe that this morning, church? Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that there's spiritual forces? Do you believe that you are covered in the blood of Jesus? Do you believe that you are set free, that you are protected, that you are saved? Do you believe in the power of the word of God this morning? Because this is what I want to be focusing on today. I want to be focusing on how we can use the power of the word of God in our spiritual lives more effectively. Graham A. Cole writes, Our espoused theology may say one thing, but our operational theology, our godly practices or lack of them, may say another. Jesus taught the awareness of evil in the Lord's Prayer and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's the original Greek, aputu ponero, the evil one. Not just evil, not just a broad, vague, sort of up-in-the-air idea of evil. Deliver us from the evil one. Why would we want to go anywhere without the sword of the word of God in our back pocket? So obviously, my first thought for you this morning is download the word of God and have it in your little ark that you're carrying around every day. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, heresy, you know, how can we be doing this? Because I think that sometimes we can have a little bit of a diminished view of digital biblical text. But the thing is, the Bible was originally orally translated by word, right? And then it was on some stone tablets, and then it was communicated onto clay tablets, and then it was written on animal skin, and then it was written on papyrus. And you know what? I'm sure there was probably somebody at some point who go, oh, you read Torah on animal skins? I just find, you know, reading them on clay tablets is a lot more holy. There's no more or less holy way to read the Bible. It has been changing in medium throughout the history of the church. It wasn't until the 1500s that the Gutenberg printing press made it available for us to actually have it readily available printed on paper. 500 years ago. For most of the church, this wasn't the way that the Bible was readily experienced. 
Now, I understand that ultimately the Bible is something which is very personal. And some of you might be going, you know what, I just really prefer paper. Fine. <laughs> That's totally fine. You need to find the spiritual practices and discipline which works for you. We're all individuals. All of our relationship with God is unique. If paper works best for you, if that really is what works best for you, go for it. There's absolutely no shame there. All power to you. But I know for me personally, sometimes nice to, for lack of a better word, spice up your relationship with Jesus a little bit. If you went to the same restaurant every single week and ordered the exact same meal every single week with your partner for date night, things would start to get a little bit boring, right? We want to be thinking about how in our relationship with Jesus, we can continue to explore new things, to keep things fresh and new and inspired. So if the Bible on your phone or in a digital way isn't something that you've tried before, I just encourage you to just be a little bit more open-minded to it. Worst case scenario, you don't use it. And it's just there, break glass in case of emergency. Although don't break the screen, just open it up. But worst case scenario is you don't use it and you have the word of, the God, of God on your phone right there. Now, I think it's really important as we look at this to recognize the pros and cons Right, Because I spoke about all throughout biblical history, all throughout church history, God's people have been interacting with his word in different mediums. And there was a really interesting study that came out of Dallas Seminary a few years ago, um, which essentially conducted a survey on people's reading habits of the Bible. And here's what they found. They found that people who read their Bible on their phones actually read their Bible more regularly. People who read Bible on their phones will read their Bible more regularly. But they found that people who read the hard copy on paper retain that information for longer. There's pros and cons of both sides because it's been found that with digital text, we're more likely to skim and not linger on it. And the conclusion of this study essentially said is that the next generation of Christians, their biggest challenge is to learn how to linger on digital text. That's the honest truth of it. There's pros and cons of every medium. With digital, you're going to be reading more regularly. With hard copy, you're going to be retaining it a little bit better. Can we learn to linger over digital text? That's our challenge if we're using these sort of apps for our biblical reading. Now, I just want to quickly say, if you haven't checked out the Holy Bible app in a while, it's pretty amazing. It's got daily video devotionals. You can highlight, you can add notes. You've got a bunch of little reminders that can come up. You can even read as a group. My mum, who's not a Christian, she lives six hours away. We went through the Gospel of Mark together on the phone and we'd leave notes on the chapter each day. Probably wasn't going to be reading the Bible in any other way for her. That was a really great way that as a son and a mum, we could go through God's word together. And I think ultimately, this is what we need to be realizing, that all these tools have pros and cons. Let's be aware of those pros and cons so then we can use them most effectively. But if you don't feel super confident in reading the Bible and feel like maybe you'd like a little bit of support, like something to maybe guide you a bit more rather than solo reading, there's other tools and practices to help us get into the Word of God. Psalm 1, 
as we've looked at earlier this year, says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. I would highly recommend checking out the app Lectio 365. It's free. All of these apps that we're looking at are completely free today. Amazing resource. It gives you two daily meditations in the morning and the evening. They're 10 minutes max, usually not even that long. And they are really, really helpful for you growing in your spiritual discipline, doing them in the morning and the evening. This is what we're called to do, to meditate on Scripture day and night. This is a biblical principle. And honestly, I couldn't recommend this app more highly. It really has been something that for me, when I'm maybe not feeling in a place to just get into the Word of God directly, having it read over me, really beautifully produced, with music going behind it, with meditations, with guided prayer, really, really helpful place for when we need that little bit of extra support. And some of you may be going, you know what? I already know all this stuff. I know that I'm supposed to meditate on Scripture. I know that I'm reading. You know, I've got this. I'm doing all right, just with analog. And that's totally fine. But if you're feeling that, you know, I'm kind of at a bit of a crossroads in my Bible reading and feel like I just, I just, I've, I've read the Bible cover to cover a few times and just not really feeling that it's saying anything new. I kind of, I get it. I know the Bible. I get it. I'd encourage you to find ways to go deeper. Now, how can we do that? Well, Proverbs 4, 5 to 7 exhorts us to get wisdom, get understanding. It says, do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Now, thankfully, this next app doesn't cost all you have because it's free, again. But it's the Bible Project app. If you've spoken to Mitch and I for more than about 12 minutes, you'll know that we think very highly of the Bible Project as an organization. They have a bunch of really helpful video resources that take you through each book of the Bible as a whole. They take you through different themes of the Bible and even different word studies. Really, really great resource. But if you want to go even deeper still, you could make your laptop or your home computer a little bit more holy and go on their website where they've got Bible Project Classroom. Bible Project Classroom is an amazing, again, free resource. It's insane that this thing is free. This one is particularly insane. These are a bunch of university-level seminary courses, so biblical courses, that you can engage in to learn about all different books of the Bible, different themes of the Bible. Em and I have been doing one at the moment about the art of biblical language. It's a lot funner than it sounds. It's really, really cool. It's really, really cool. And it's a fantastic, engaging resource that has taught me so much. Don't tell Mauling and SMBC this, but Mitch and I both feel it's just as good as anything you actually get at seminary school. Better. There you go. I wasn't going to go that far because I'm actually still enrolled at Mauling, Mitch, so I didn't want to go that far, but that's all right. It's a phenomenal resource. If you ever thought, hey, I'd love to do a course at Bible College, it's a great place to start in your own living room. Now, I've spoken a lot this morning about, for lack of a better word, effort, <laughs> right? Effort. All these things seem like a discipline, a, a commitment, right? So I want to finish off with one last suggestion to engage in the Word of God in a powerful way. 
which is maybe a bit more relaxing, a bit more fun. And that's the Chosen app. For those of you who don't know what the Chosen is, it's a crowd-funded TV series that goes through the story of Jesus in the Gospels. It's really, really cool. And I, I kind of want to quickly say three things about it. Number one, as some of you were aware, I went to drama college. I'm a bit of a snob sometimes when it comes to Christian art, right? Unfortunately, a lot of the time if you put Christian in front of art, it can usually mean cheesy or poorly produced or unoriginal. And I wouldn't say any of those things about The Chosen. I actually think it's really, really well done. The second thing is that it expands on biblical narrative. It expands some of the disciples' stories. It expands some moments. It is extra biblical, sure, but it's thoughtful, it's considered, it's researched, and it adds to the overall value of the show where it expands on moments, expands on characters. The final thing is episode one is a bit slow. I'm not going to lie. Stick with it. Get at least through episode two, okay? And then you can tell me you don't like it. Just get through to episode two. Really, really great show. Something that you may want to watch tonight or this week instead of season 70 of Fake Housewives of Beverly Hills or season 100 of NCIS. It might be something that is a bit more edifying and encouraging and spiritually fulfilling to watch on TV. You can download the app on your smart TV as well. So I've looked at some ways that we can continue to get the Word of God into our little arcs that we're carrying around each day, okay? But I want to I finish with one final thing. I want to address something that I addressed last week, that technology is great when it's used well. But when it's not used well, it becomes our idol and we become slaves to it. This is one of the most disgusting verses of Scripture, but I love it. Proverbs 26.11, as a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Unfortunately, the human condition is that we are prone, like a dog to its vomit, to return to our sinful nature, to return to our past ways. So how did you go with deleting that app last week? How did you go with using that new app better? How did you go with that technology fast that you kind of said that you were going to do last week, but it turned out it didn't work out? I mentioned uh, in banter this week, Tony Reinke in his book, 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You, talks about how all technology can be redeemed. You know, the Roman crucifix was a tool designed for pain, torture and humiliation. And God, in his infinite power and majesty, was able to even redeem the technology of the Roman crucifix. If God can redeem the horrible tool and technology of a crucifix, he can redeem our phones. And he can redeem the place that you're in right now. So I'm going to call the band back up and I want to leave us with just a minute to reflect on these four questions. Is there an existing app that God wants me to use better? Is there a new app that God wants me to download? Is there something that needs to be deleted? I want to finish with this psalm as we reflect. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. 
in God whose word I praise, in God I trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? God, I just pray for this time of reflection now. I thank you for the undeniable power of your word. Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to get into your word. I want to be armed with the sword of the word of God. And I want to live a life that's worthy of you. We thank you for this time this morning. Continue to speak to us through your spirit. May we not only use our phones, but all tools, all technology in our lives better to honor you, to glorify you, to see your kingdom come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Center Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.